my definition of success is embracing like the hustling grind for whatever it is your goal is. Welcome to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast. I am super, super excited to have my very close friend, Justin Jefferson here, who I've known uh, for close to seven years almost at this point. And um, I met Justin when I first moved out to Long Island when I w- was training at, a, at the Equinox Gym in Roslyn in Long Island. We'd moved from the city to Long Island and I was looking for a trainer and I hooked up... Um, with uh, with Rasan Robinson and I think Justin had just started working at the Equinox, either around like yeah. around the same time. Yeah, I would it was say. Yeah. June of uh, 2012 was when I started. There. Okay, yeah. So literally, I said I I joined in August of 2012. So it was you were pretty fresh there. I was brand new man. And uh, you know, Justin is someone who I really really admire. Um, he's just fitness wise a total beast, and just his, <laughs> the transformation that he's personally made. I mean, he was very fit to begin with. Um, but he'll tell you his story. You know, he's had a great fitness story, but when I met him, he was very fit, but he's, he's incredibly fit now and his knowledge about fitness and nutrition. I mean, it's pretty much unparalleled the, the amount of education and work he's put in to his craft and, you know, learning about all the things that he does. It's really kind of staggering actually. And it's quite inspiring for me, um, to kind of witness this, this journey that Justin has taken. And, uh, you know, you should re- all really do yourself a favor and follow him on Instagram um, it's Mr. Underscore J Fit. That's at M R Underscore J A Y F I T, because he does some like mesmerizing physical feats that will literally blow your <laughs> mind away. I mean, like hanging sideways off poles, jumping <laughs> off cars. Uh, I don't know, three sixty push-ups. It's just insane. The stuff is really incredibly. Uh, I mean, it just makes you feel like you're so out of shape. And every time I watch this stuff, but he's a beast. Um, so welcome, Justin. It's so great to have you here, man. Wow, man. After that introduction, man, I don't, I don't know what to say, but but thank you, man. I'm I'm honored, super honored to be here. You know, just as first and foremost, as as a a great friend, a good friend of yours, a great friend, knowing you for the past seven years, seeing your transformation and and your journey that you've gone through, and it's really, really, really been incredible to see. So I commend you. I tip my hat hey, to it, you. And he's just he said a lot of great and humbling things about me. I'm truly humble, but don't be fooled. This guy himself is a beast. He's made such an amazing transformation, and it's it's incredible to see just working with this this guy and training him and and seeing him progress and not just physically, but you know mentally. His mindset, his focus is kind of unmatched, man. I mean, I appreciate it's that. it's hard to come across people who have such a a focus and a mindset to to push through and to, to kind of to go after what they want and not just talk about it you know so as a fan of the the podcast as a fan of yours i'm honored to be here today thank you so much thanks my man that's, that's, for, that means a lot for having me man hey man so a mutual friend of ours um so not only is justin a great friend he's actually trained me quite a bit over the years as well um it's actually kind of like an inside joke between my trainer and i like Justin is this like, incredibly jacked, imposing figure with like you know like a twenty eight pack and you know <laughs> pecs that are always like bulging out of whatever shirt he's wearing. Oh, but man. I have a joke that Justin is my backup trainer, even though he's, like, you know, he's a friggin' animal when you look at him. Um, but we have a mutual. So I have trained with Justin quite a bit over the years, and um, we have a mutual friend who's a listener of the podcast, a very astute guy. Um, you know, Jason is uh, Jason Hembray, who's a very successful entrepreneur and uh, you know a fitness fanatic. 
and listening to the first few podcasts, he he said to me, he's like, you know, there's sort of this unifying theme that your podcasts have. You know, you're basically talking about success, but it's different versions of success. So it's like success with my mom's case as a parent and a physician, uh, success as a lifetime New York City bartender, success as a filmmaker, success as a doctor. I mean, all different versions of success. And he's like, you know, you should really consider starting your podcast by asking whoever your guest is what success means to them. So I'm going to start with that. That's the only thing I actually asked you to think about uh, when we set this up. So just to share with us, man, as a guy who's incredibly successful, what you define success as. Wow. Well, first off, thanks a lot. You know, um, this, that means a lot coming from you for sure, man. Uh, for me, success, I mean, when you look at like the, the you know, the phrase of what is success, right? Obviously, you have societal just the society society's view of success, which is kind of like, oh, this person has accomplished this much over the years, or they've got to this tax bracket, or they've even if it's an athlete, they've won this many rings, right? That's success. And then you have, you know, your personal success of like, you know, the things that you've wanted to go after, you know, things that you wanted to accomplish and you've achieved it, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, now I'm successful. You know, so my 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 version of success to me, my definition would be a combination of those things. You know, just, you know, yes, I do have certain business goals that I've set out and, and, and things like that. I have personal goals that I've, I've had for a long time, things that I've wanted to achieve. Um, so obviously accomplishing, accomplishing those things to me would define success. But also outside of that, um, like just kind of peace of mind, knowing that I've done everything that I could do, you know, to, to pursue that goal. So. Obviously, you want to achieve every goal you set out, right? But even if I haven't gotten there yet, you know, I can have peace of mind knowing like, okay, I'm doing everything and under my power to, to, to achieve that goal. To me, that's kind of a form of success in a sense. Like you can be successful while you're on the road to a different level of success, you know? So just looking at it from that standpoint, like um, is if you're just taking it and, and measuring it by like, oh, well, I did this by this date that's successful. Yes, you can do it that way. But again, to me, it's kind of like knowing I'm doing everything that I possibly can to do. And one of my primary goals in the fitness industry is to make a positive impact on people, you know. So having a person come in and tell you, you know, since I've been training with you, my life has changed in this way, you know, for the better. And you know, I have a client that I've been training for the past five years, you know, and he's told me several times, like, like, listen, you've changed my life completely. You know, I've gotten so much healthier. This is a person who's lost uh close to 50 pounds, you know, over the years has gotten themselves into tremendous shape, you know, due to his work ethic and his commitment. But having him tell me that I was a part of that and that I've helped him over the past five years just from training him three times a week makes me feel great, you know. That's success to me, you know, as well. So it's kind of like my, my definition of success is a little loaded because it's broken up into different components depending on how you look at it. But for me, it's knowing I'm doing everything into my power to achieve my goals and to and to help people you know that's why i got into this industry hey man well, you're doing a great job at it i oh, appreciate it it's it's kind of very similar to sort of my definition of success it's sort of you know like i i define success as embracing the hustle and grind yeah. to achieve whatever it is you're setting out to achieve right because it's the process that it's all about so that's if you it. love the process like when i was a skinny fat and worked my way into being you know like a junior beast. You know, you, you know, can call yourself a beast now, man. You graduated uh, a little while ago. But, uh, you know, just loving the grind of it, you know, like getting up at five in the morning to work out, you know, that's success to me when you're putting in that effort to, you know, really kind of, you mm -hmm. know, grind it out, you know? 
Um, so what I also like to do is kind of take it back. I know, you know, you grew up in Long Island. Um, I had, I always had the pleasure of meeting your family when you opened up your studio, the J fit studio, um, which is a great fitness facility, um, here in Long Island. And, uh, you know, meeting your family, I could just see, I mean, they're, they're awesome. And they were like, you know, like I could see you have a wonderful background, wonderful family. <clears throat> But what I did notice was your family's like obsessed with sports. You know, oh it's like God. this it's... kid was like the fastest kid in Amityville, and like you know, and, and you know everything was like kind of like one upping. Like you know, who was the greatest athlete? Who was the strongest? Your Still... dad was joking around. Like your 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 brother is like this tremendous guy who's a professional bodyguard, mm-hmm. um, and your dad was like joking around saying, "Oh, I'm taking my uh, karate classes. I'm coming. I'm going to come for you." you know? <laughs> it's just I could see that there's a competitive yeah. environment. Like you know, you grew up sh- in that. Like you know, um, yeah. so just talk to us a little bit about that. Like you know, when did you? Obviously, you're very gifted athletically. Did you? Where you did you excel at sports from like little league or you know junior football or you know whatever it was like what because I know you played college football just kind of walk us through that and maybe how your family influenced that because I think that very much informs who you are now and you know what makes you tick you know yeah man for sure I mean I, I grew up in a household as the youngest child and I have three other siblings I have two brothers and a sister um, and just growing up in my household. We were always, always into sports. I mean, I can remember from a young age, we have like pictures and video from when I'm three years old, I'm all in the backyard playing. My dad is out there with us. You know, he would come home from work, you know, after working all day and, and we'd be in the backyard playing sports, you know, from when I was little and even when I was a baby and my, my siblings were younger, you know, and like that was kind of the way it was, you know, just playing football in my backyard basketball he he literally put a basketball court up in the backyard he painted lines for like a football field back there we had a baseball field the like most of the neighborhood would come over and and play sports so like that's kind of the environment I came up with you know come up came up with in my family you know it was kind of like coming up in my household it was you know it was was church there was education and there was sports like that Mm -hmm. was kind of three pillars that we had Mm -hmm. um and you know obviously like with the sports just that competitive nature that it built you know and I would constantly be playing sports with my older brothers and their friends so and my my brother that's directly older than me is about three to three and a half years older than me and my other brother's two years older than him so pretty much everybody would always have an advantage because of age because of size so whether we're playing football whether it's touch sometimes tackle football Mm -hmm. believe it or not without pads in in the yard and playing basketball and baseball you know, when you're really young, sometimes you're kind of like, oh, this is this is kind of crappy. You know, I'm losing or I'm getting right. the crap kicked out of me. But as you get older, not only does it build, you know, mental toughness and character, but like it also kind of gives you an advantage over the kids your age. So by the time, you know, I started playing, I played Little League Baseball when I was five. Um, I ended up playing, I remember I played third base and I could actually throw the ball from third base to first base, <laughs> like pretty well and ended up playing third base and did pretty well in in baseball coming up I would play on the travel all-star teams until I stopped playing baseball when I was about 12 um which wish I kind of kept playing kind of wish now but um I started playing organized football when I was nine youth league football and by age 10 I played with the 11 and 12 year olds you know so I was kind of a level ahead with that so you were on that team with 11 and 12 yeah 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 I was 11 so it was crazy because like I had a late birthday so my birthday is the is the end of November, November 29th, and I was kind of like in that that weird window, you know. So like all the kids I graduated with were 
for the most part, mostly older than me, you know, so that weird window. And when it came to sports, that same thing would happen, you know, at the same time. So with football, um, I played with the, the 11 and 12 years and I was 10. I ended up starting running back on that team. I remember that. And backtracking to baseball, when I was seven, I got they had this thing called the pull up list. So I would play with the eight year olds of like a team for short, for yeah. short or something, whatever was going on. I remember playing with the eight year olds half the season when I was seven. So they would take kids, I guess, if they, if they felt were elite. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I played on the eighth grade team. It was called like the A team and B team. I was with the eighth grade team. Mind you, in seventh grade, I was 11. Um, so a lot of the kids were older than me. And by uh, ninth grade, I played one year JV, ninth grade, but I practiced with varsity half the year. And by 10th grade, I was a starter on varsity. So, and I say that to say like, oh, I was constantly playing with, you know, older people, people that were older mm-hmm. and better than me when I was coming up and it built not just character, but a competitive nature. And it made me better, mm-hmm. you know, like that's why it's important to challenge yourself. And that's why I hang around people, you know, who I find are smarter than me. Like I, you know, it makes you better, you know, it makes you want to, want to do more. So that was kind of the environment you know, that I came up with very competitive and not just sports, whatever we were doing, man, as you saw when mm-hmm. you came by the studio, like it's, it's still like that, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, like up until a few years ago, we would play football on Thanksgiving Day, like relatives, you know, up until my early 20s, like we'd go do that, you know, like yeah. cousins and get together and it was a fun time. So like that was, that was, that was, a, that was actually big for my development and my mindset just coming up, you know, coming up that way. So, you know, knowing you now, just your, your work ethic and even like in your, your personal workouts they're grueling. I mean, like you really like push yourself to like this extreme level. I mean, you push me to an extreme level too. Uh, but like w- just when you post your own workouts, I mean, they're incredibly grueling, which is very hard. It's very difficult to, it's very easy when you're working out by yourself to say, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's good enough. You know, like I did like 10 reps, but you know, it's those next five reps that are mm-hmm. the hardest to do. Like for, where for me, I, I benefit from someone screaming in my ear, like, mm-hmm. come on, you can do it. You know, don't give up. But you do that intrinsically like this part of your nature what were you like that then like did you also out train the other kids at that time or were you just so gifted naturally that you never needed to um thankfully i did have natural gifts but when i was young i kind of before there was training it was just playing and typically like after i did homework that's what i wanted to do i wanted to go outside and play sports it's a little different now i know and we had video games don't get me wrong but like we spent so much time outside you know, I just wanted to play sports, play the things that I loved. I wanted to play football, basketball, baseball. You know, I wanted to do all these things just constantly. Um, and as far as, like, it being work, I didn't look at it as like, oh, I'm working out to get better at football, basketball, or baseball. I enjoyed it, you know. So I was able to embrace it and enjoy it. So for me, at a very, very young age, like, I was having fun. When it was time to work out, I started working out when I was 14. Uh 13 going into 14 and my older brother um the one that's a, a bodyguard now he's the one who really really got me into it um he got a set of weights one year for christmas and he was i think a senior in high school he got this weight set and i was probably in seventh grade and i would see and he was in, he was a college football at the time and i remember over the christmas break him and two of his teammates these big guys came over to uh to lift you know these big football players and they're lifting and they're, you know and i'm just watching them peeking through the door you know, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, I like that. You know, I wanted to lift weights. I wanted to get strong. Like, I, I said, I was kind of like my first introduction to seeing someone 
really, really, you know, lift and do all these things. And I was 13. Remember, there's no YouTube at this point. So, like, all of the stuff, it's a lot different. Um, and by, I'm sorry, I must have been 12, 11 or 12 at that point. By the time I was 13, I started to lift on my own because he started to teach me different movement patterns. And by 14, I joined the weightlifting club at school, you know, at the, at the high school. And I just, I loved it. I would go to the weight room to the point where I have friends that I grew up with in high school that are on my t- football team that would call me Muscle Neck. Like, that was the, the nickname that these, these guys gave me. So we would get a good laugh at that. Um, but I was constantly, you know, in the weight room, constantly working out. That was, I enjoyed it, you know, before I realized, I, and I didn't think about being a fitness professional or anything like that. I loved fitness. I loved exercise. I loved training. And I love the fact that, like, even though when I worked out, you know, would burn, your muscles are burn, you're fatiguing out, you get stronger, like you're getting a reward out of it and you keep doing it. Like I, I've constantly enjoyed that. So just coming up that way, kind of set the, the table for now where, you know, as I'm, you know, lifting and, and training myself, it's like, you know, one of my favorite quotes is like, if you want to achieve something other people have, you got to do what they won't do. Right. You know, so I love that. Not only do I love training, I love to kind of separate myself and be different. Like, I don't ever think that I'm better than anyone in any way. But I like to think that I'm not. I don't want to be average. Mm. Does that make sense? Totally. Because everybody brings something different to the table. And it's like, why would you want to be the norm? Why would you want to be average? Why would you want to be like just like anyone else? If you can be, you know, the best version of you, if you can help, if you can do something and someone else decides to go to the gym because of you. Right. Because of like. They saw a post like you've you've experienced that, sure. you know, someone will see you working out and they decided to get a gym membership or or even if they're going to go take a Zumba class because they saw you working out like that's amazing to me, you know. So it's just that coming up that way kind of put me in that that mold and that mindset to where when I'm training now. It's just like push through it. You know, the only way to uh, struggle is the only way to measure strength. Yeah. You know, so you got to you got to push yourself through it and you have to keep going it's gonna burn but there's a reward at the end it's like anything else yeah man I mean, that's that's well said you know i felt like i was listening to myself talking during some of that you know <laughs> um listen you got the same mindset when <clears throat> when you went to college you went to play i mean you obviously went to college to go to college but you went to play football also right like yeah we'll we'll say i went to go to, go to college to go to college but yeah, yeah no um yeah so pretty much coming out of high school um I ended up going to a junior college, Nassau Community College, um, which at the time was considered like a football factory. So they had a, they have a football team. Oh, it was back then. It was a big time, a big deal, junior college football program. I mean, we have guys that would. It was kind of like a, a pit division one pit stop for a lot of guys. So we had kids, guys that were kicked out of you know top twenty five schools in one A football that would come there for a year to get their grades back up and, and you know return. We had guys that were supposed to go to those schools that would stop there. So it was a hotbed. We had guys that came out of there that went to the NFL. You know, after there, they would go to a four-year school and go to the NFL. So it, it's, it was a really, really, uh, like, historically strong football program at the time. It's a little different now. They, they made some changes. But for years and years, it was kind of legendary, you know. So they had a, it was a big, big deal. We had a lot of Division A athletes. In there, and, and was there a consideration that you were? Did you ever consider like maybe I'll be a professional football player? Well, that, that was kind of it wasn't even a consideration, man. I was always the goal, you know, coming up. I mean, it's like why, why, why play, you know? Right. So 
it, that was always a goal. Like, yeah, I want to make it to the league. You know, you just got to take the necessary steps. And my big thing coming out of high school, like, I was a pretty smart kid, but I didn't do the work necessarily, like, in the classroom, right? So my grades weren't the greatest. So I, remember, I can remember, you know, colleges, you know, coaches and, and recruiters coming down from colleges and sitting in the office with my head coach in high school. And they're looking at game film and they're looking at my transcripts. They're like, all right, well, you're going to have to sit out a year. You're going to have to go to junior college for a year or, you know, because your grades aren't great. You know, I wasn't like failing everything, but you have to have a certain GPA. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, you know, C's aren't going to get you in. So that's kind of one of the things that I regret. But you know what? Nassau was an amazing experience. I made a lot of great friends. Um, I've watched had, I've had teammates there that I've watched on TV, you know, in the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, so it's. It's it's a, it's a historically strong, strong football program. So that was an amazing experience because when I got there, I never forget, they recruited. So when they rec- they recruited still, like most other schools, and they had football housing and things like that. And my f- my first impression when I got there the first day at camp is, still got to earn your spot on the team no matter what. And I was a defensive back in college. I was a DB. And I never forget, there were, it was like 43 guys that showed up to camp for I think they kept four, 13 defensive backs, 12 or 13. Wow. Well, yeah. And you got to remember, there were, there were sophomores returning from the year before, and there were at least like six six guys coming back. Wow. So there's probably six or seven slots left. So we're fighting it out, and I'm competing against guys who are all state, you know, all city from the city of Long Island, and then all state in different states. So you're still getting the, the top of the top. So I ended up making the team, traveled every game. It's a freshman year. Played you guys play teams. all over the country? Yeah, we traveled. We flew. Um, flew over the country, um, stayed in some nice hotels, so it was it was cool. It was you get you get the full experience because our head coach at the time, um, John Anselmo, he had coached Georgia Tech prior to that. After oh, wow. that, he went to Syracuse and coached. He was actually one of the coaches in the Buffalo Bills staff. Oh, wow. um, my defensive backs coach Kenny Gales, he was in the NFL for so like it was, it was a legit program. It wasn't like just oh this is Nassau football. Like you weren't you couldn't just show up and you know and play. So it was a great experience, man. Learned a lot. Um, so you started on that team? Not until my sophomore year, because it was okay. a two-year school. My freshman year, I played mostly on special teams. My sophomore year, I started, I rotated in and out between. Um, so I played strong safety, and and I was a I was a nickel and dime corner. So if, mm-hmm. if I'm not familiar, if a team brings an extra defensive back on the field, that fifth defensive back, that would that's what I would do a lot. And then I would I played some at strong safety as well. The kid that was in front of me at strong safety was really gifted. But he would get penalties occasionally, personal fouls, and coach get him out of there. So I played a lot, you know, when I was at Nassau. So it was it was an amazing experience. And, and then after Nassau, Nassau's a two year program. Yeah. So here's the kicker: Nassau's a two year program, um, and I had to do an additional semester, meaning like not just the spring, but the next fall. I was gonna have to do there. So I couldn't. I wasn't gonna either. That I would have to transfer out without the associate's degree. I was like, you know what, let me just get the associate's degree and I'll sit out that year and I'll transfer the next year. Man, that next fall, I got a job working in the banking industry. And at that time, when you're 20 years old, you start seeing these paychecks like, oh, this is pretty good. And I, I never forget my older brother was like, man, are you, you going to play football? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I start working. Three years go by. Like, wow. I'm not even thinking, yeah, I'm not even thinking like, and, I, and again, I love football. But I don't, I don't know what happened. It's just that I figured I was going to take that year off. And then I just start working and, and making Did you money. Finish, you finished Nassau, though? So I finished Nassau. I got my associate's degree. Um, and then I decided I wanted to play football again. 
So I actually sent out the tape, the, the film that I had from what I played, you know, between like Nassau, some high school film, everything I had, sent it out. And I got, you know, accepted to, to come in by a couple different programs. And, and so you were like 22 or 23? I was 22. Okay. I was 22. And I sent film to... Were you still in shape? Like still... You know what? In between here, and I just missed a big point, in that three years working in the banking industry, I wasn't working out. I was eating horribly. And I would gain like maybe 25 pounds just because, you know, when you're playing college football, but you know, all the training and the off season workouts. Yeah. You're training hard and you're eating, you know, pretty, pretty decently for the most part, if you can. And I just, at that point when I'm working, I wasn't motivated so much to do those same things because I had it. That was usually always tied to football for me. Right. So now when that was done, not that, not that I didn't like going to the gym anymore, but I just, after work, I was tired, and you yeah, fall into yeah. a rut because you're eating poorly. You're not exercising, and it just—it's a cycle. So three years, you gain around 25 pounds. It's like whoa. So I decided I wanted to play football again, and I got myself back in shape. I lost the weight, and got myself back to where I was. I sent my film out, and got invited to a couple places, and I got—I went to uh, CW Post, LIU. I played spring ball over there actually. Um, spring ball did pretty well. Did pretty well. I was playing defense over there, and I decided I, I knew I wanted to play offense because I always figured, like, man, I should have just played running back. I was an all-county running back in high school, you know, and I did well. I put up some really good numbers, and I still had a lot of tape from that, a lot of game film from that. So I sent that out just to see what happened to a couple colleges, got a hit, got a couple hits, got a full scholarship offer from a school in, in, in Virginia. So I went down there. Um and I just, when I got down to Virginia, it was an amazing experience. I was there for a bit. And I didn't, after that that first semester there, I was just, it, something came up to the point where they wanted me to stay an extra year. They weren't, they weren't going to accept all my credits. So it was a whole big deal. Because at this point, when I, by the time I got down there, um, I ended up becoming like the starting running back on the team. Like that's the position that they had put me in between getting there and academically, there was a lot of stuff that we can't take this credit, we can't take that credit. And I'm like, man, I just want to graduate, you know, like, so I would have to do an entire another year. It's like, you know what? I made a decision, like, I'm just going to leave the school. That's a decision that one of the few things in my life that I regretted for a long time, because I had a golden opportunity, man, a golden opportunity. And it's not like I, I stopped playing because I, it wasn't going well. Like I was in the prime position, you know, playing a lot, splitting uh, me and another kid were, were the, the main running backs, and I just, I don't know. I don't know where where my head was at that point as far as me making that decision. So that's one of the few regrets that I had for a long time. And not until a little bit later on, I was like, you know what? Everything happens the way it's supposed to sometimes, you know, because it kind of led me to a path that I'm on now, and um, so I'm grateful for that. But that was kind of that that journey, man. As a, so was that around when I met you, when you came back and started working? Yeah. So I met you in 2012. Yeah. I came back in 2011. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I came back in 2011. Okay. I worked for an insurance company for a year, and I could not sit still. <laughs> like, I was still, you know, working out. And I loved exercising. I loved working out. And I'm, uh, one of my friends, a friend of mine, she asked me to go to the park with her to help her work out. So I went and again, I wasn't a trainer at this time. I wasn't certified. I wasn't educated formally in it. So I just, you know, I knew how to work out. I never trained anyone else. So I helped her 
you know, we did some stuff. She lost some weight. It was cool. She was happy. And I really enjoyed that. Like the smile on her face when she told me, oh, I lost 10 pounds. I lost this. These pants are, are, are too big on me now. Like that was incredible for me. That was like a breakthrough. And I'm like, wow, you know, maybe I should look into this thing. And I could just remember sitting at my desk. I could not stop thinking about the gym and fitness. And then on my lunch breaks, I'm reading about like exercise and started getting more into exercise science. Um, because my brother, the, that was a bodyguard, he has a, a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, which is an oh, exercise science yeah. degree. Yeah. So he told me, he's like, yeah, get, you know, start studying. So I'm, I'm reading all these books and I'm studying and I applied for my first certification, studied for that, passed the test. And June of 2012, man, is where it really, really all started to come together. I got to, I got hired at Equinox, thankfully. And then, so that you basically start Equinox is at the time at least it was like the like elite gym yeah you know and like Equinox was all over the city and it was like the gym to belong to yeah and there were a lot of other gyms like you know like New York Sports Club and Synergy and all these stuff which are you know not to rank gyms but like you know no, Equinox right, is like the top of the food chain it's the top of the top but how did you just start training at Equinox man I just. Honestly, man, divine intervention is the only thing I can think about, you know. Um, That's, did you apply to other gyms me. or you just said, I'm just going to apply to So people? I applied to a couple of gyms. So it's it's funny because, like, I applied to a couple places. I had no formal experience working in the gym at the time. You know, you come in with that certification. Right. Like, that thing teaches you maybe 3% of what you need to know, Right. Cause it's, like a, it's like a medical degree. <laughs> Seriously. Right. If you don't know shit about taking care of patients when you graduate med school. They, they teach you yeah. foundational basics, I'm assuming, right? Right. Okay, there you go. Same thing. They teach you like bare, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. That's because you need to start with that. You need the foundational basics you need. But I always encourage trainers, don't stop there. You do your continuing education. Get more certification, even if you're not going to go get a bachelor's degree in exercise. Like, do continue in that because... I walk in with this piece of paper, and I'm like, okay, this is great, but what's your experience? Well, what am I going to say? I trained someone in the park. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, all right, so I'm applying to places that were a little bit lower, I guess you could say, on the food chain, and I'm not getting any hits. Um, and I applied to Equinox because my brother told me about it. He was like, yeah, it's a great place to start. They have a good education system because the thing about Equinox they have an amazing continuing education system. They have a tier system. It's like tier one, two, three, three plus. Mm. I think it's a four. I think it's a tier X or something now. I mean, I, I left there five years ago. So, But they have an amazing system. And we did hundreds and hundreds of hours of continuing education. We're doing case studies. We're taking midterms, finals. We're writing like little, little mini papers and like all of these cool things. Like we took anatomy, one and two, kinesiology, biomechanics, exercise phys. Our master instructor was uh, an exercise science professor from Austria, Mike Majakis, you know. So it was really, really amazing, you know. So for me to get hired there, like right off the bat, was um, was incredible to me because they typically, for the most part, they're not going to hire you if you don't have that experience, right? So, and if they are hiring, hiring you with no experience, it's because you're coming in with a degree in exercise science or exercise physiology. It's not always the case, but typically. And that's what was explained to me at the time when I got hired. But they liked me during my, I think we had to do three interviews. And I was kind of blown away, you know, by that. And I just, I loved it, man. And I just kept going from there. Yeah, so you did, uh, 
I guess you were there for what two, three years, or I was there for about two, just under about two years. Okay, and then when you left there, did you go straight to Scooters Gym, or did you? Yeah, so it's funny. I kind of start started uh, over at Scooters Place a little bit. So for those that, who don't know, uh, uh, Scooter is like like the trainer. Dave, like in Dave, Sco- Dave Scooter Honig. He's the trainer. He's the he's the he's the guru. He's the guru man. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. He's been a mentor to me for the since 2013. Um, like he's he's famous for oh, not only his work. Yeah. Not only his work in the strength and conditioning field for fighters, he trains a lot of world champion fighters and boxers, you know, gets him in top, tip-top shape. But he's also the guy that, you know, transformed LL Cool J, you know, who did that. He put the, yeah, he helped LL Cool J transform and so many other, like, A-list people that you would know. I mean, he's worked with, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's worked with Fantasia. He's worked with Tyler Perry. Just this is such a long list, man. You know, the guy is definitely a humble guy. Um, took me really, really took me under his wing. So pretty much how how that happened was when I was at Equinox, um, I met a guy named Dr. Bill. Shout out to him because he kind of helped all this come together. Dr. Bill Brownstein. He's you a see that you see that dentist guy. That was yeah, like, he's a root, root, root canal like specialist. He's jacked. Yeah. Um, and uh, shout out to him, man. I can never thank him enough because I remember when he was at Equinox, I, he was never even a client of mine. I was just always made it a, a, a point to build relationships and be, and just talk to people, be friendly to people, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. And he was a cool guy. So I got to know him. We were cool. And I remember he had a shoulder issue for a while. So I, I kind of like, I was like, Oh, you should get your shoulder checked out. He didn't want to do it, but finally he got an MRI and got it checked out. He's like, all right, I'm going to have the surgery. And I was like, cool. So I remember when he came back from having a surgery, he's still in a gym committed. He's Jack. He's in a sling working out with one arm. So we're talking, and I'm just like, yeah, well, do this. Make sure you don't use that shoulder, blah, 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 blah. So I showed him a couple things he could do. And we just kind of built, like, more of a friendship there. And one day he approached me. He said, hey, man, there's a guy there. They're moving their gym. It's a little bit bigger location. And they're possibly looking to bring in other trainers, so on and so forth. So at this time, I'm thinking in my head, like, yeah, but I'm at Equinox. I'm not leaving this, like, amazing opportunity, you know. So, but... I was like, you know what? Pass my information along. So I finally connect. I called up. Called so when up. you said it's like Scooter, like were you like, oh, sh- wow. Like, I So the name didn't click right away because he didn't give me a name. Okay. He just said this guy. And he gives me the name and it's like, all right, cool. And it's Dave. So he tells me to call him. I never called. So he gives him my number. And for whatever reason, Scooter called me. Scooter's name is Dave. Dave Honig. Scooter called me and was like, yeah, I heard, about, heard a lot of good things about you, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, yeah, I'll go check it out. So he's like, all right, well. You know, just look me up so you can know who I am, what I'm about. So, all right. So, I Googled a guy, <clears throat> and I see a link to his website, so I click on it. And when his face pops up, I'm like, I know this dude. I've seen him somewhere before. And then you click on, like, clients, and I'm like, whoa, that's where I've seen him. You know, and you got links to, like, when he's on Access Hollywood and all these different shows. And I'm like, this is where I've seen this guy. Like, this guy's the real deal. So, I go, and I meet with him, and we're talking, and... uh Really hit it off like right away, and I'm kind of just listening. At this point, I'm kind of like nervous, like yo, this guy's like, like, like a celebrity, basically. Yeah, yeah, you know. And at this point, I had been in the industry for a year and a half, right? So I'm like, man, this guy is a celebrity. He's the man. So now we're talking. He's like, yeah, you know, maybe you can come over and 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 start working and doing some stuff. So I told him what I what I'm about, what I was doing. So he had me doing some like functional movement screen and mobility stuff with some of his athletes so that was kind of a shoe-in did it teach you like okay i want you to do these five exercises no, with, no he's like all right just do some functional stuff with these he guys. said do he said do what you do 
because what happened was that my first day there, he was training a kid. And my first day that I met him, he was training a kid. So he just asked me a couple questions to see where my head was. He's like, well, what, do you, what would you fix on the squad? Or what would you, you know, do about this or that? Or do you know what this is for? So he realized that I did have some a good, a decent foundation now yeah. after being at Equinox for that year and a half at that point, or year, year and a half, whatever it was. And he's like, okay. He's like, so come on over, blah, blah, blah. And we'll, you, you, I need you to, I need someone to do some functional, you know, stretching and functional stuff. So I started out really as doing a lot of mobility for a lot of his athletes. And I just took that and ran with it. And then uh, I started to train one of the athletes for him as I, I was still working at Equinox at this time. So I'm like totally violating my non-compete. Um, yeah. So I'm training. He's past the statute of limitations. Yeah, I'm that. way beyond that. <laughs> um, so they, um, so now I'm training. I'm training someone for him, for him, a baseball player, this kid, and he really liked what I did with him, and he let me write the program, mind you, because he wanted to see where I was mm-hmm. at, and then he gave me more and more people, and I'm training for him. So now him and the other one of the gym that came to me, uh, Ed O'Boyle, great guy. Um, they say, uh, hey, you know, if you want to come over and bring your clients and build your own business through here, you could just pay us rent, you know, for each client that you train. You can do that. I'm like, okay. So they tell me this in the fall. So I kind of put together a little ex- exit strategy. And by the spring, man, I was I was there and, and everything just started to come together. This is like spring, what, 2015? This or? is, no, 14. 14, okay. 14, yeah. So it was, like I said, it was just under two years I was at Equinox. A little under, so really like a year and eight year and seven year and eight months so maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half and so it happened pretty quickly so now at this point i am transitioning and i, I start to bring had i had a couple clients that i had and that, i started getting you from equinox or? um yeah so the thing about that is i didn't want to take a ton of people from there yeah. and they pretty much most of them all wanted to go so i was like like i don't want to cause any issues but they t- they'll technically, find you, yeah. technically they'll find you you know right. so um I had a couple of clients, and then I just started getting referrals, and that was the name of the game for me. It was like, all right, my exit strategy is get my clients that I do have to refer me people who don't train here yet. They train here at all, and I got referrals, and I built the business that way, and just being there in that environment was around us. Uh, it's a lot different than Equinox, though. It's a hardcore oh, gym, it's, man. It's a different environment, It's like, man. you know, like a... Real, it's like a you, dirty you, gym. You came there one gym. day. It's gritty. Yeah, it's gritty. It's like they everything's clean. They clean it all, but it's no, gritty. But I, mean, it's I know like, what you mean. It's it's, it's that not like Equinox where it's like a spa. It's like no. a, it, this is like a gym. This is a gym gym. Yeah. Like you're gonna, you know, you doing push ups with chains on your back right. and, and all kinds of things and and um, yeah, no, it was it's it's incredible. It's, it's competitive edge. Uh, it's incredible, incredible facility, um, and. Yeah, so at this point, just being there, even though, yeah, I'm building my business, doing my own thing, I'm around scooters, so I'm still training people for him, right? And I'm learning so much from this dude just from, like, watching. And he's taught me so much. Like, we'll sit down and talk about things and break stuff down. It's like but, what? Like, so specifically, like, like this is the right way to do this particular exercise? Or, so like, you know, he's this never, is you... Think about it. It's funny because he'll never say, well, this is the right way you do something. His approach is more like, this is the way I do it, and this is why. And you realize, like, okay, that's a better way for me to do it because it gives you more of. Um, he'll he'll show you what's more effective, what's going to hit the muscle better, um, you know, what's going to have a, a better out, outcome for whatever that result is that they're doing. So it wasn't like you're doing this exercise wrong. I had a pretty good foundation on that, um, but it was well, try it this way, you right, know, this little tweak. Try it with this time under tension. Right. Try it the arm at this angle now, or. 
you know, do this external rotation here. Or like, it was more along the lines of that. It was more along the lines of tempos and more along the lines of like just switching up the reps, the periodization, like the way you were loading and, and deloading. Like they get you saying the rep schemes and time sets and because he's big on using like the percentages and, mm-hmm. and tracking and programming and stuff, which is very important. Um, so like just little things like that, learning some of his tricks of the trade, because I've seen him train a person that was getting ready for television, you know, seeing him. So like what approach he took, I got to learn his nutritional principles. I got to learn like just so many different things and how variant, how different each client can really be. And again, you learn these things at Equinox and stuff like, like carb that. Carb loading type stuff. Yeah. And, you know, these are the things that, yeah, and, carb cycling and carb loading. And I've watched him do weight cuts for fighters, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother world because a weight cut for a fighter is totally different for an, the average person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just learning these things and, and understanding, you know, how to approach things. And one thing I learned from him is how to, co- how to coach. Because this guy is one of the greatest coaches ever as far as, mindset and tapping into a person's mind whether it's a fighter whether it's the the mom who just dropped her kids off at school you know whether it's the businessman whether it's somebody getting ready for to shoot x-men like it really doesn't his coaching ability to to break through to a person was always amazing to me and i just i learned and picked up some of that stuff um and that's really what helped me change the most it's like just watching a master man you know it was literally a paid internship. <laughs> like, that's that's how yeah. I look at it. You know, I got to, like, Equinox was a great foundation, right? Equinox was college. That was, like, med school, right? if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes all sense. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, and again, this guy, he's this humble dude. Um, big ups to, to Scooter and, and Ed O'Boyle, you know, over there at CA. Ed's amazing, a beast himself, and great trainer, great coach. Like, just learning and being in that environment for me was so vital and so important that that transition happened at the right time. Like, yeah. opening a studio right after Equinox wouldn't have been the right move, right? right. Spending that time there, that four and a half years that I spent, because I transitioned over there by that spring full time, that four and a half years changed my life completely man just from being in that environment that's why i challenge people get around people who you don't have to use the term are better than you but are smarter than you or no more that you can learn from you can learn from each other um because it goes such such a long way hey man like they say you never want to be the smartest person in the room right that's what that's that's what they say you're in the wrong room i have a funny scooter story i so i have a the mudgill fitness lab at my home um that i have a pretty you know sophisticated facility in there um for home gym at least no but for, I, for any gym i had a leak in my i had a leak in my um in my gym and justin was coming over to train me there and i was like dude i got a leak in my gym like can we go over to scooters and he's like yeah, yeah we'll go over to scooters so we go over to scooters gym and i usually train fasted because i intermittent fast and i didn't have my bcaa with me so justin's like no don't worry man don't worry we're gonna talk to scooter <laughs> he's got everything. he's an expert man he's got everything he's got everything and he's like hey scooter you know, the doc doesn't have his BCAA. You know, you got something that you, mean you could get get for him? He's like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He grabs this, like, powder from the back. And I just had, like, a – I didn't even have water. So he's like, yeah, get a bottle of water. So I got, like, one of those small poles bringing bottles of water. And he's like, yeah, put some of this in there. So I put the powder in there and I shake it up. And, like, I drink, like, you know, I take a couple of sips of it. 
all of a sudden my heart is like <laughs> racing like 500 beats like my like i'm like whoa like totally tweaked yeah that was amazing man every yeah, supplement under the sun yeah. that's one thing uh, another thing it's, about scooter man like he knows about and he and he has so many different versions of it like well, what do you need or right what are you training today i mean like it's so it's so crazy so i kind of knew that's where you were headed because yeah, man that was funny man that gave you, a, a gave you, you were ready to work out after that. Yeah, I was ready to work out for like the next 10 days. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was ready to go. Um, so let's transition into where you are now, man. I mean, so now, like, you know, after all that, you worked at Equinox, you worked with Scooter, you had like your sort of paid internship, like you said. Um, and I'm just, I can tell like how much you've learned. I mean, you're like basically like the smartest trainer right now. Like, oh, you know, wow. No, you know, so much stuff. And Appreciate you know, that. we talk about nutrition and just like, you know, just all like the variations that we do. It's always like a very different workout when I work out with you, and I always really look forward to it because uh, I know I'll be in pain the next day. But I also know that you know I'm 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 gonna good, grow. Good pain, soreness. Yes, so that's the best kind of pain. Yeah. Um. So this past year, you you're sort of realized your goal. You opened yeah. this really impressive studio in Greenvale called the J Fit Studio, and uh, you know just tell us about you know tell us a little bit about that and you know how people can hook up with you man yeah man i uh, appreciate that yeah no i actually realized that i knew i wanted to do it for maybe the past two years um but had to kind of be patient and put the plan together and kind of really build towards that um but i opened up jfoot um jfoot training studio and the grand opening was back in october of 2018 so a few months old um it is in glenhead glenhead new york um 333 glenhead road suite 10 just a little plug um yeah. glenhead new york and it's been incredible you know it's been incredible um pretty much there it's a functional training boutique style studio so the studio itself is about 900 square feet we have about roughly 800 square feet of training floor space um i mean we did a, i did a complete had them do a complete build out you know they put a shower in for me a nice bathroom and it's a nice space. We have some turf, as the doc knows That's from the, it, the sled pushes we we got absolutely got going you can in catch there. Catch those on my Instagram page. I want yeah. to check out his Instagram. <laughs> You'll see him. Um, and you know, doing some functional training. And over there, I'm doing still doing my one-on-one privates, but I've segued into semi-private personal training a lot more, and that's been incredible because the cool thing about semi-private training is, you know, we can train up to I'll train up to three people at a time, but it's so different than traditional small group training because it is semi-private personal training. And the big difference is everyone's on their own individual program. And that was super important to me. It's pretty much a personal training session in the environment of, you know, having up to two other people that there in the session works really well. Clients that I have in the program so far, love it. I'm getting more and more people in it. It seems as it seems each week. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing there. And, uh, just looking towards building, you know, towards the future and and growing it, man. Looking to bring on another another coach later this year to to get more done, be more efficient with a few things. So that's that's the story, man. Just just working on on building that and uh, and growing it out. Well, it's an awesome space. I've had the pleasure of training there many times, and just to see, I mean, really kind of a big part of your fitness journey. Like I said, it's it's been a real pleasure, man. You know, it's, it's awesome to see how much you've grown, and just I know the future is like limitless for you. You know, I appreciate just, that. Man. You know, just uh, final plug though. You know, you gotta. I'm, I really implore you guys. You gotta like really check out uh, Justin's Instagram page. It's literally mind blowing. 
you will not be able to get off of it. You know, just going to be scrolling <laughs> through all these videos. It's uh, Mr. Underscore JFit. That's Mr. Underscore J A Y F I T. Check it out, uh, Justin. Man, I can't thank you enough for coming down here Listen, for the podcast. Man, it's it been a real pleasure. Honor to be here. Like when you asked me, I was so humbled, man. Still kind of in shock right now, but I'm thankful, man. Like I really, really appreciate you. You invite me down because this this has been great. It's been awesome, and I appreciate you too, man. All right. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast. The corresponding video can be found on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Let's get it. Retro.